If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. the midway point in the winter season of high school. I'm Brian Johnson for Viking 360. Episode 9 features Ripley girls basketball. The Lady Vikings have some momentum riding a four-game winning streak to get over the 500 mark. Ripley boys basketball is improving and just in time for a tough part of the schedule. And it's a big week for Ripley wrestling. The Vikings are a wrestling rival Ravenswood on Tuesday evening. Ripley's Wrestling Hall of Fame will have four new inductees, two-time state champion Billy Simon, three-time state champion Mitch Smith, former coach Steve Buffington, and this man, the coach Steve Sayer. Our next guest on Viking 360 is not only a history teacher at Ripley High, he also has an impressive history of involvement with Viking athletics. Welcome to the microphone, a three-sport athlete from the Ripley High class of 1974, Coach Steve Sayer. Thank you, Mike. I'm glad to be here. Coach, you probably are as connected to Ripley Sports as most anyone, uh, currently serving as the defensive coordinator of Viking football. But today, our focus is on the sport of wrestling. As an athlete, uh, could you describe those days of competing on the wrestling mats during the early years of Viking wrestling? Well, I started wrestling in, uh, I guess, would be the fall of 1970 now. Uh, I really didn't get a choice. Uh, coach Frank Hughes, who was a varsity football coach at that time, came over to freshman football practice and said, Sayre, you're going to show up for the wrestling practice on this date. And in 1970, when a coach told you to go somewhere and be somewhere, you went there. And uh, I didn't know anything about wrestling, had no idea how tough it was, but I am so thankful that that I started out doing that. And and really enjoyed it. I owe uh, my coaching career really to Frank Hughes doing that. And the great thing about it is he ends up being my assistant coach when I come back to Ripley. So uh, uh, it came full circle. And Coach, you were telling me that uh, you had some handicaps wrestling for the Vikings in the 70s. Well, yeah, the early 70s, the wrestling team kind of, uh, <clears throat> we were kind of the ugly stepchild we didn't have a true place to practice. We did not have a wrestling mat. Uh, Ripley does not have a wrestling mat until 1975 or 76, a full-sized regulation mat. We had two pieces of mat that I, I want to say they were like 15 feet wide maximum and like 24 feet long. We put those in the middle of the gym floor when we had a home match and surrounded it with uh, gym mats, the foldable gym mats, and then covered it with, they called it a mat cover, but it was actually a giant tarp that tied under each corner. And it, by the time you wrestled at the end of a dual match, and I was a heavier guy, I think I wrestled 167 my freshman year, the mat had worked its way loose from all the people 
uh, on it and you did not want to get on your back because there was no bridging you were not getting off your back you were getting pinned it, it, every once in a while you had to pull the corners of it to tighten it up but we had to practice on the stage we practiced on the side of the gymnasium while basketball practice was going on we practiced in the cafeteria which is where the Ripley High School library is today and we practiced in the hallway in front of the trophy cases so it was uh, it's really wonderful to come back to Ripley. When I came back and you see the Chansey Walker athletic facility and the weight room out there and the wrestling room, and it's fantastic what the people of Ripley have provided for our athletes. And I know I really enjoyed it when I was coaching there. And uh, to think how far we have came in that 40-plus year time period, it's, it's really amazing and gratifying to see where the Ripley wrestling program is now. And coach, um, despite those handicaps you had as a wrestler, you managed to win a, a Little Canola Conference uh, Wrestling Championship and went on to wrestle for the Thundering Herd of Marshall University. Well, I tried to uh, I tried to improve. The, the The wrestlers at Ripley did improve. We went. We had three coaches in four years. Uh, Dave Rawson uh, coached us our sophomore and junior year, and in our senior year, Steve Stoffel came in. And they were not the most technical as far as uh, knowing a tremendous amount of moves, but we were in great shape and we tried to be physically tough. And uh, my friends and I that were on the wrestling team, we went to wrestling camps somewhere every summer and we decided we wanted to get better. And uh, I remember an old official named Bob Becker who was from Marietta. Uh, <clears throat> he seemed to work all of Ripley's home matches at that back in the 70s. And, he, and my senior year, he goes, ah, Sarah, he goes, I'm glad to see that some of those beatings you took as a freshman and sophomore, you're paying them back. And I said, I'm trying, sir. So, you know, that made it interesting. But then when you started at Marshall, that was another bear. You know, I was not a great college wrestler by any stretch of the imagination, but I had a great college coach, and he knew I wanted to be a coach and a teacher. And Dr. C. Robert Barnett was a great guy, and he really helps me get my first coaching job. And after uh, several coaching stints around the uh, state of Ohio, you returned to your alma mater as well as to the wrestling mats at, at Ripley High. What were the most thrilling accomplishments for you as the wrestling coach of the Vikings? Well, <clears throat> first of all, I owe getting to come back to Ripley High School to Steve Buffington, who's a fellow inductee this year. and. Steve was the longtime wrestling coach, and uh, <laughs> we were both working for the Governor's Summer Youth Program, and uh, <clears throat> I was out walking along 33 with a group of students picking up trash one summer, and Steve comes driving by, sees me, stops along the side of the road and goes, hey, sister wrestling coaching position's open. Do you want to help me coach wrestling this year? And I said, yeah, sure, I, I'd love that. And... Uh, at the same time, I was teaching at Marietta High School in Marietta. I lived here in Ripley and was driving back and forth and coaching middle school football with Dan Barnett and coaching track in Marietta. So I, I was coaching three different places, I had keys to three different schools, but it was a lot of fun. And getting back to coaching wrestling in Ripley was was really a dream come true for me. I you know I'd always wanted to pay back the hard hard work and effort and and to get to do it to start with with Frank Hughes and then my second assistant coach my last three years as head coach was my wife Elizabeth Sayer and she was the first 
AAA woman assistant coach in the state of West Virginia, and we had some great times. Uh, I can't name one specific time that stands out. Uh, maybe the biggest time was when uh, Adam Schindler uh, won our first state championship for us as a coach, and he won in the last 10 seconds, and uh, it was tremendously exciting and tremendously fulfilling, but we had such good teams, and, uh, you know, watching Matt and Mitch win state championships back-to-back. But, you know, I think of when I look over the last 40-plus year history of Ripley Wrestling, when I went to high school here, one of the big dogs in the state of West Virginia was Parkersburg High School, and they still are. And in the 98 and 99 seasons, we were able to beat Parkersburg pretty handily. For the 98 team, beat them for the first time ever in a dual meet and the 99 team beat them 60 to 18, and that think something like that was tremendously gratifying. But you know, the day-to-day aspect of coaching wrestling and seeing young men improve and get better. When I first got the head wrestling coaching job at Ripley High School, I had a person tell me that the boys at Ripley will not run, they will not lift weights, they will not go to camp, and I said, well. If I can find three or four that will, they'll be pretty good. But we are going to run, we're going to lift weights, and we're going to go to camp. And every team did those things. I'm so proud of those guys. Every guy that I coached, they they know that they worked really hard, and, and we had a bunch of guys improve, and we had a bunch of guys qualify for the state tournament and place in the state tournament in West Virginia. And... Uh, can't trade those seven years. I'm so thankful for them. And Coach, I would imagine another thrill for you will come at 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday, January 22nd. That's the time when you will be inducted in the Viking Wrestling Hall of Fame. That, that really just seems uh, unreal. I, I really, I'm very emotional about that because, you know, when I, th- I remember where I started from and my first wrestling match was the very first wrestling match that I had ever seen. Uh, you know, and uh, to think about being in a Hall of Fame, it, it's it's just kind of uh, uh, like a fantasy. But I am so thankful to be honored and and so happy and so proud to be a member of this group. And to think that I had some little part in the history of Ripley Wrestling when I see where the boys are today under Coach Matt Smith and how good they're doing historically Uh, I am tremendously proud and tremendously honored. Our thanks to a true Viking great, Coach Steve Sayre. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Turning to Lady Viking basketball, Mike Rubin has a post-game conversation with Coach John Kennedy just minutes after Ripley came from behind to win at Roan County on Tuesday. We're talking here on Viking 360 with Lady Viking basketball coach John Kennedy. And uh, coach, it was an eight point win, but it was hardly a walk in the park against the Lady Raiders tonight. Yeah, uh, uh, everything goes off to Roan County. Those girls came out and they played hard for four quarters. They outplayed us with effort in the, uh, the first two quarters, without a doubt. And I told our girls at halftime, you know, you girls have got to go out and you got to match their effort and intensity. And I was proud of them for doing that. Well, we beat this team by 21 points in your invitational tournament there before 
New Year's, but in this game, you didn't get the lead until uh, 5.38 to go in, yeah. in the ball game. Uh, so it was a, a, a tough night for, for the Lady Vikings, but they pulled it out in the end. Yeah, that's right, in the first half. You know, we were getting open looks, so they just weren't falling down. And I told the girls on the bench, you know, it's like we're standing on the pier and we can't throw it in the ocean. And I told the girls to keep shooting them. We had Sarver step up there and knock down a big shot for us there. In the third quarter, we had Dalen Rose come off the bench, play big time minutes for us. And we had Kaylee Blackburn. She took a big time charge there in the second half, got momentum back on our side. And, you know, it's just one of those games, you know, where you do get them at home for 21 games. And I just think the girls, they weren't, they weren't focused and locked in like they should have been. And I told them, I said, don't take this team lightly. And Coach Farrar, his staff did an amazing job. They've tweaked a little bit on their lineups, and he's got girls in there now that are actually going out and they're playing as hard as they can for him. And you have to feel good about the fact that this is four wins in a row for the Lady Vikes. That's exactly right. That's four in a row. Uh, we've got some time off. Uh, we're going to rest up tomorrow. We've got girls banged up, injured, and then we're going to get back at it, and we'll have five or six days to prepare for Ravenswood at home. And another thing you have to feel pretty good about is that you started the season at one and four, but now over 500 for the first time in a long time at seven and six. That has to make you feel good. Yes, it does, Ruben. And it's, you know, you've been in coaching and everybody knows when you win, the girls are, are so much easier to coach and they start listening to you. And when you take a couple game slide like we did early in the season, it's extremely tough for those girls to, to buy in and to keep believing in you. And, and the girls are coming along. They're, they're getting a little bit tighter knit group now. And you know, it's good to see the development of all the girls. And our bench this evening was absolutely amazing, starting a defense chant. And they've got their hands locked in together as an entire team. And it's just special to be a part of. And uh, once again, you, you have some time off now. You don't play um, again until Thursday, January 24th, but that's against Ravenswood, and those are always interesting. That's, that's exactly right, and it'll be a ball game at our place just like it was over there. You can flip a coin up and, you know, just go play it. Okay, in this game, uh, Jalen Hunt finished with 10 points. Taylor Kennedy had nine. Uh, Jaylee Blackburn had uh, seven and uh, Sarver finished with seven, so you had pretty balanced scoring. Yeah. And um, outscored uh, Roan by 16 to seven in the fourth quarter. That's amazing. Once again, the final was Ripley 40, Roan County 32, or Viking 360, I'm Mike Rubin reporting. Among the keys for Viking basketball has been the consistent play of senior post player Isaiah Wright. Here's Brian Johnson. Welcome back inside Viking 360. I'm joined now by senior postman Isaiah Reif, or Zay as the teammates call him. Zay, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, how are you doing, Brian? I'm good, man. Uh, guys are really starting to round into form as a team here uh, about near the midway point of the season. Uh, as a senior, how exciting is that for you? It's very exciting. Big step forward from last year. and Everybody's coming in together and more, more focus and practices and the games are just so much more fun to play. Zay, you've been around this program for a long time. You can go all the way back to the time when your brother started and you were in middle school coming up. Uh, you've seen a lot. You've seen the highs and lows from all the way back to Evan Faulkner to, to now. Um, as a senior, has it really hit you yet that, that this is your last ride? No, it hasn't yet, but I feel like it's gone to, though, so I'm ready for it. How, how much fun would it be for you to reach your goal 
of getting to the tournament, getting into the state tournament, making it to the Civic Center for the first time since uh, the early 90s or late 90s? That'd be a huge goal. I would, I've always wanted to play in the Civic Center. I always, always love it, going and watch the games, and I would just love to have Ripley there. Would you rub it in your brother's face if you were there and he didn't get there? Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> little, a little rivalry there. I understand the dynamic there. Um, talk about this team. I mean, you've played the half of the season and still haven't seen Ty on the floor yet, which for when we get him back, it's obviously going to be a big boost for us. But how much have you guys grown waiting on him to get healthy? Uh, a lot of – everybody stepped up. Me being the post player and not as tall as Ty – it's, it's gonna he's gonna help us out a lot. Fowdy stepped up. Putnam's a huge help. Timmy and Isaac and Tobias and the other Isaac. It's amazing how everything clicks together. Talk about that uh, size differential. I mean, normally you're the guy in the post who's using your strength to root out uh, space to get rebounds to get putbacks, but you can also stretch the floor and shoot the three a little bit, uh, which you may be a little more comfortable on the perimeter, but what you're asked to do is play in the post. And I know that's tough for you because a lot of times guys are taller than you. Yeah, I've always been a guard, but since high school I've had to develop more of a post skill, and I've been working on that a lot, and it's helped my game out more. So I love it. I love being a post player. It's fun. If you were going to give yourself and give your team a grade at the midway point of the season – a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Well, what would you give them? Probably a B. It's some games we just crap ourselves, and it's we should win, but we don't. But I think a B would be perfect. What would you think this team needs to work on the most and, and improve? If you could pinpoint one thing uh, to improve the most upon between now and sectional time, what would you uh, think it would be? Slowing down and pressure pressure gets us and we just go crazy and that's the big thing is slowing down if we slow down we will be pretty good free throw shooting has been an issue for us uh, all of us uh, uh, throughout the season is it a mental thing we know uh, we almost shoot as well from the floor as we do from the free throw line yeah it's more like we practice it's different i don't understand like we don't miss in practice but game it's just the time we all should focus and we all do but it just doesn't go in so what do you think uh there's going obviously going to be a uh, we talked about time a moment ago but when he comes back there's going to be an adjustment period uh, where everybody's getting used to playing with each other uh do you think there's enough time for that to grow and cultivate uh, before you get to postseason yeah right now he has we ha- we don't play till saturday so he's going in and helping us out a lot and we're all starting to play with him more so I've been moving around. He's been moving around the guard spots and just trying to see what clicks. So, What's been your favorite moment of the season so far? If you had to pick one uh, and find out uh, what would be the highlight for you uh, personally or as a team uh, for the first part of the season? Breaking our win record from last year. That's probably the greatest thing that's happened this year so far. Hopefully uh, we can make that uh, push that number out there a little further and uh, maybe make it to the Civic Center, hopefully. I hope so. Zay, thanks for the time, man, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Still on the topic of Viking basketball, 
Brian Johnson spoke about that mid-season progression with assistant coach Derek Mullins. Welcome back inside Viking 360. I'm joined now by Viking assistant coach Derek Mullins. Coach, thanks for the t- taking the time out. Thanks for having me. Coach, uh, we go back, and I was covering Viking basketball when you were playing. We go back to your playing days and talked to Chase Fisher here a few weeks ago. He was on the podcast with us. You guys had a tremendous team, um, and and I see you now coaching, and, and I see you coaching a lot of ways that you played. Uh, talk a little bit about your playing style, about how much fun that was for you being a Viking and, and playing on that really good team that uh, fell a little bit short of what they wanted to do. But, man, it was a lot of fun to watch. Oh, yeah. we had the best, Those were the best days of our lives, Brian. I mean, you go out there, you're playing with your best friends. You make the, you're, you're, When you're playing basketball with four or five guys, seniors, especially Nick, Barnett, Chase Fisher, Cody Miller, those are all my best friends. And when you play with them, I mean, it's, it's just it's a friendship, and you, we just keep building off that. Um, as a Ripley Viking, it's always been something, I mean, out of the world to me to play uh, for Ripley Viking basketball. And then, of course, coaching now. I mean, that's that's a dream come true. Um, now, with my the way I want to play, the way I'm trying to get my players to play, is all about defense. I mean, I think when you play defense hard, that creates offense for you. Everybody has a role in basketball, whether you're point guard, whether you're a scorer. I knew what my role was. I knew what Chase's role was. We try to get the ball to Chase some. I mean, I know, as you could tell, he scored, I think it was 37 points per game as a as a senior, and that's – that's something special. Um, so whenever it comes to basketball, you really need to know what your role is. And when you have a role, whether you have four or five guys and they know that role, you could have a really successful year overall. And I think we're starting to figure that out a little bit with this new team with our varsity guys. We had, uh, let's say, two. So we had Tobias. We had Ty that was playing. We had three new guys, and they're all trying to figure out this new role. And it's they're starting to pick it up a little bit with this mid-year coming along. You talk about those roles, and I distinctly remember uh, the way you guys played when you were playing, and you were a very unselfish, defensive-minded team with a guy that could absolutely flat fill it up. Mm-hmm. And Cody Miller could as well. If he hadn't got injured, it's hard to tell uh, you know, how, how what could have happened with that team. But you talk about this team – and, and I see, like you said, I see a lot of the similarities. We may not have a Chase Fisher out there scoring, but our defense leads to our offense on this team. Oh, every bit of it. I think, I mean, if you're going to win games, you look at college, you look at NBA, no matter what when you're playing basketball, defense is always going to win games. Even if it's football, baseball, you name it. It's always whether it's pitching and baseball, whether it's football and defense. I mean, you getting up in a defender, defender don't like that. I mean, that's all it is to it. You're going to get them back on their heels. Whenever you're playing basketball, I talk to our players all the time when it comes to something like this. When you're going at them, you're playing your game, and you're up on your toes and you're and you're having them back on their heels that's when you're doing something right now whenever they're the bulldog and they're coming at you that's what a lot of times whenever coach Harmon, I, I miss him to death he was one of my favorite coaches i've ever had whenever it came to that he always called me the bulldog and he wanted me to guard the best offensive player and i took that heart to me and i was like all right no one's gonna go by me i'm gonna stop that defender no matter what and that we still are looking for that guy now we're starting to find one find two guys maybe that niche of where a guy can maybe stop a defender or two and maybe shut shut down an uh, offensive player to help us win the game your dad used to tell me the same thing when he coached me in freshman basketball. I want you to stop that guy. He's their best offensive player. But I always thought it was because I was so bad at offense mm-hmm. that he knew that was the only way I was getting on the floor was playing defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, my dad, my dad, I learned a lot of things from my dad. I really looked up to my dad. He's my role model for the most part. And, I mean, I've, that's that's what I've learned my basketball from. Of course, Coach Harmon and then Coach Kenny when he was my middle yeah. school coach, I really looked up to those two. But overall, learning from when I was younger all the way up until this time now, my dad was my biggest role model in learning basketball. You guys have some – distinct similarities but then you're also a lot very different in your coaching style i remember uh, your dad was a little more vocal and a, and a little more excitable maybe than you are right now and i've talked to him about that and he gave me the same grin that you're giving me right now when i asked him that question but you talk about him being your role model 
what have you taken from from your dad and, and as far as being where you are right now? Just being respectful. I mean, whenever you play sports, you try to figure out what kids can do, what they can't do, and use it to the best of your advantage. And same thing when it revolves around life. I always try to alert that for kids. Most of these guys aren't going to be going to the NBA and they're not going to be playing college ball. you got to use this as a – kind of as a tool for them to be better and later on in life whether it's getting a job whether it's having kids whether it's having a family or even i mean any of that matters i mean everything revolves around sports i think for the most part And if you play a sport or if you're involved in something else i think that's going to help you out in the long run what's it been like coaching with uh, your cousin coach parsons uh and, and you're the dynamic between you two you guys seem to work really well together every bit of it i mean me and him this is our second full year i've coached as a under him as an assistant freshman coach and then this is my first year actually as a assistant coach as him as a head coach and i think we're working great together me and him click i mean whether it's something he needs to know or i need to know he we listen to each other when it comes to um, us teaching each other and then whenever say we're in a timeout or we're at halftime I'll listen to him he'll listen to me so say we need an offensive play and I'll draw it up he said all right that's good I mean there's no ifs ands or what's about it I mean we're all about it and we're trying to win and whatever the best way it is to win we're going to try to do that coach talk about your roster a little bit you've been without arguably your best player and Ty Johnson the majority of the season or all the season rather uh, and you guys are really starting to come together now as a team mm-hmm. Ty's supposed to come back relatively soon any concerns about the chemistry getting uh, mixed up or having some trouble getting him integrated? Uh, not necessarily. I think Ty, I mean, Ty's Ty. I mean, everybody understands that. He played two straight years for us, played as a freshman, then as a sophomore, and now he's coming back, back, back as a junior. Um, I think whenever he, when he comes back, he's going to feel right into his role. He knows his role. He's a smart kid. He's been around basketball a lot, as we are aware. Chase is uh, transferred to Dayton. He's played a lot of basketball, and he's learned from his brother. Plus, his dad was a great player as well whenever he was playing. Um, I just think he's going to come in, be that four or five guy, be a leader. I've been trying to tell our guys over the past couple of weeks, we need a leader as a basketball player. I mean, whether it's one, whether it's two. I know when I was back in the day, it was me and Chase was going to be that vocal leader and say, hey, we got to do this and that to win this ball game. And then that same with vocal leaders want to help us out win this ball game, whether it's Ty, whether it's Zay, uh, whether it's Putnam. I mean, we just we got to have a leader. Whenever you're going to go a long ways, whether it's in sectionals, regionals, even possibly states, that's our ultimate goal is to make it to states. We've made it a couple times in this whole, I mean, Ripley high school program and i think this this year could be the year i told him that friday i really did i thought we can we're starting to figure out our role figure out our niche of what we can and can't do and then figure out what the best ability that we can do with that goal and i think if we can win these next couple games get on a little roll and see hey that uh tunnel at the end of the light man we can do it i really think we can coach what would you what kind of a grade would you give this team mid-season? Uh, you're a teacher, so you're used to giving out report cards and, and giving midterm uh, grades, uh, which always made me nervous when I was a student. But that that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at, at this basketball team right now, what kind of a grade would you give them through uh, halfway through the season? I told my players exactly this last night, never be satisfied. And I don't, I'm not going to give them that great of a grade. I think we could play, we play good at times, we play bad at times. But overall, I'm thinking a B. B, B minus, maybe even a C plus. Because I th- always think we can be better and better. And there's never a chance we're going to be an A, A plus, unless you're, say, we're, where are we, five and six right now? If we're nine, or say, nine and one, nine and two, that, that could be possibly an A, but we're not at that level just yet. I mean, I know we've lost some close games. Once we get win those close games like we did against, or we could against St. Albans, then we have that chance of maybe getting to a B plus and maybe an A minus. But till that, we get to that point, and it all starts at all, uh, practice. We keep telling our kids on and off the time. Um, if once you cross those lines on the basketball court, every one of them the enemies. You're trying to find a starting spot, whether you're in the starting lineup or not. You're, uh, whether it's JV guys, you got to keep pushing your varsity guys to try to to the limit. And when you do that, and every guy's 
bought into a certain goal, then we could be pretty good. I know you're a competitive guy. I've worked out with you in the mornings a few times. Coach Parsons is a really competitive guy. Um, transitioning from being the guy that's between the, the lines to the guy that's directing the guys between the lines and your competitive nature, uh, when you want someone to do something that you want, you know, how you would do it. Mm-hmm. How difficult is that when, when you're almost like herding cats, I guess you would say, trying yeah. to get teenagers to all think in the same direction and all mm-hmm. do the same thing uh, on the floor? I know that's a difficult job. It definitely is. I think you got to read players to a certain extent. Some players can take – say not not I'm just kind of getting after him then other players they can't take it so much and they'll kind of lay down on it you just got to read the player so overall I think we got a lot of guys that can take it they really can whether it's at a halftime whether it's a timeout you got to get on real hard or there's other players that might be able to take it so hard and like whenever I was playing I think I could take it pretty hard and then I'd, I'd react to it other players wouldn't react so well they lay down they might get worse for them it just depends on the player and just everything I mean that's when it comes down to you read the player so in West Virginia, you don't have to – it's not by vote or or whatever to get in the postseason. Mm-hmm. you got to win. Yeah. you got to win at the right time. Do you feel like this team is heading in the direction to peak at that time of the season that you need to peak to be able to, to get to the Civic Center? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I, I, I told early on this podcast, I thought – I told them Friday that we're starting to peak up upwards a little bit. I, I gave them an, an analogy of us being in the pyramid. We're in the middle of that pyramid right now. We're starting to gradually move to the top of that pyramid, but we're not there just yet. If we can, Once we get Ty back and start get that uh, the niche and the what role we can play and what role Ty can play, what role Tobias can play. I mean, there's certain players, whether you're on the bench or you're starting, that everybody has a role. I mean, four or five, I mean, eight, nine deep, maybe ten deep possibly. It's all about the roles. If you play your role and your part in the game, I mean, we, we're going to – might get to that top of that pyramid, might make a chance to take a little run at this. So before I let you go, when I walked in the office here to, to interview you t- today, you and Coach Parsons are watching highlights of uh, Lady Viking coach John Kennedy mm-hmm. the last time we were in the state tournament. I'm not going to say it was several years ago. I'm going to tell you how old I was. I was in college. You were probably eight or nine, mm-hmm. seven, four. four. Coach Parsons said he was ten. Yeah. So it's been a while. Uh, how much does that fuel you? watching that old grainy film of those Viking uniforms on the Civic Center floor. I mean, that's everything. I mean, why else would you play a sport if you're not going to try to make it to the state tournament? I think, I mean, of course, you're trying to win every game possible, but when it gets to sectional, that's a whole new season for us. So say we're 0-0, sectionals, everybody else is 0-0. We go 1-0 in sectional, get the sectional championship, maybe be in the sectional championship, depending on if we uh, beat Parsburg South. But overall, I mean, it's that's that's what we get, that's what we strive for. I know Coach Kennedy had on his short CCC, Charleston Civic Center. That's what he's looking forward to. There's no Ravenswood, no Parsburg, no this, no that. It's all about trying to get to the Charleston Civic Center. And once you get to that point, you're there, and you just got to keep winning. I mean, that's all there is to it. One last question. You always hear it. Does Ripley have a real chance at ever hoisting a state championship? You get the kids bought in and just keep getting effort, effort, effort. We, I try to strive for that. I know Coach Parsons tries to strive for that. If we get some effort about it and start working on our skill a little bit more, we have a shot. I promise you that. We got some kids coming up that can get, be pretty good, and we still have our juniors that are going to be seniors, and, of course, our seniors now. I mean, we can't get rid of our season just yet. Our season is looking very, well, very, very good. And once we get our Ty Johnson back, we're going to have a good, real good shot of getting to that point this year. Coach, best of luck, and thanks for the time, and best of luck the rest of the way. Thanks, sir. Ripley basketball.
football plays at number nine Wheeling Park on Saturday, followed by a home game against number seven Spring Valley on Wednesday. And Viking Wrestling is in the WSAZ Invitational this weekend and hosts Ravenswood on that Hall of Fame night on Tuesday. Viking 360 salutes record-breaking distance runner Tori Starcher. The Ripley High Jr. was honored this week with the Ray McCoy Award. It's presented to top track athlete in the state. And it's great to hear that Coach Steve Hunt is now recovering at home, although he won't truly be at home again until he's back on the Viking bench. Thanks for listening to Viking 360, and remember, if you like Viking sports, make sure you hit the subscribe button and turn on your notifications. Until next time, we'll see you around. Thank you.